Welcome to today's episode of the Tobacco Cessation Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Julia. Today, we're going to talk about private insurance and tobacco cessation coverage. As you might know, the Affordable Care Act, passed in 2010, requires most private plans, including any plan sold on the state exchange, to cover any preventive service given an A or a B grade by the United States Preventative Services Task Force, or USPSTF, as it's frequently referred to. Tobacco cessation for adults receives an A grade, meaning they must cover all FDA-approved cessation medications, and currently there are seven of those, as well as three forms of counseling, which are group, individual, and phone, without cost sharing. Unfortunately, early analysis of the coverage of tobacco cessation treatment in private insurance plans, as well as Medicaid expansion plans and some other plans, found that there was a difference between what plans were covering and what they were supposed to cover. In 2014, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Labor, and Treasury, which are the three federal agencies that regulate health insurance um, on the federal level, issued an FAQ, a guidance document. I like to think of this as a document that translates what the clinical guidelines are, so what USPSTF puts out, into what coverage actually means, because those are not necessarily the same things. Um, Very close, but not quite the same. And so this FAQ document that, again, was released in 2014 by those three departments, sometimes referred to as the tri-departments, reiterated that all seven FDA-approved cessation medications, and so those are the five NRT medications, three of which are over-the-counter, as well as bupropion and varenicline, need to be covered when prescribed for at least 90 days, um, and that needs to be covered twice a year without cost-sharing or prior authorization. Additionally, each of those quit attempts, so that 90-day period, should have at least four sessions of group individual or phone counseling with it. Again, without prior authorization or cost-sharing. Even after this subregulatory guidance, or FAQ, was released, not all plans were following what was in it. And there were still gaps in what was covered for patients and tobacco users, and there is room for improvement. Each state has an insurance commissioner. These individuals hold this office, um, and they regulate all types of insurance, health insurance, but also homeowner's insurance, rental insurance, car insurance. So the job is a fairly wide-reaching job. Some states have large offices and large staffs for insurance commissioners. Others have very small staff. So it really kind of depends on the state. But again, after the FAQ was passed, some states realized there was still an opportunity to further underline and highlight the importance of tobacco cessation coverage and what actually needed to be covered to make sure that tobacco users in their state had access to the treatments that they needed, again, without cost sharing and without barriers such as prior authorization. So a number of states worked with their insurance commissioners to either have the insurance commissioner release a bulletin, which is a document that goes directly to the insurance companies, highlighting what they should be covering um, and if there's anything specific that they should be doing for that coverage. Other states worked with their insurance commissioners to send a consumer alert. And this is a document that is sent directly to the public and to consumers saying, in this particular case, your plan should be covering tobacco cessation services and treatments. 
they should be covering medications for at least 90 days twice a year. And they should be covering at least four counseling sessions for each quit attempt. There should not be prior authorization, nor should there be cost sharing. And if you find any of these, if you come across any of these things or your company, your plan is not complying, please let our office know. So these are kind of two tools that insurance commissioners have at their disposal to inform the public and inform the insurance companies kind of what they should be doing and what they should be looking for. I recently spoke with Tyrone Whitehorse from the Utah Department of Public Health. Tyrone and his colleagues worked with their insurance commissioner in the state of Utah to get an insurance bulletin. Again, this is the document that goes directly to insurance commissioners um, published around tobacco cessation coverage requirements. I'm going to share the conversation that Tyrone and I had talking about the successes that they had, some challenges that they had, and hopefully some good advice if you're interested in pursuing a bulletin or a consumer alert in your state. So here's the conversation I had with Tyrone. I think you'll like it. Can you introduce yourself and share a little bit about what you do? My name is Tyrone Whitehorse, and I work for the Utah Tobacco Prevention and Control Program at the Utah Department of Health. And I am the Tobacco Use and Dependence Special Populations Treatment and Prevention Specialist. That's kind of a long title, but that's that's the title I hold here at the TPCP, we call it. Um, and like my title says, I work primarily with special populations in the state of Utah, such as youth, uh, tribal communities, and minority populations, to reduce and prevent tobacco use in those populations in all forms. Um, and most recently, I've been working on developing a vaping screening guide for dental professionals to screen for vaping use in youth in dental offices. A few years ago, your department worked with the Utah Insurance Commissioner to have them issue a bulletin outlining what healthcare plans in Utah should be covering for tobacco cessation treatment. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened and how that process came to be? Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, in order to understand what led to the TPCP and to working with the Utah Insurance Department, it's important to first share some background information. Um, in 2012, the TPCP hired a consulting firm to conduct an environmental assessment of Utah health plans. Uh, the, this assessment uh, results found that it was recommended that we develop a better relationship with uh, health plans and demonstrate the need for tobacco cessation benefits, including quitline services. So we refocused our efforts in establishing relationships with insurance companies. It was our goal in working with health plans to get them to a point where they could offer their members comprehensive tobacco cessation benefits and not be dependent on TPCP's tobacco cessation programs, especially the tobacco quitline services. It would be best for insurance companies to offer their own cessation services and programs uh, and coverages in case the funding for these state programs were cut. In 2013, the TPCP conducted an assessment of health plans, tobacco cessation coverage in the state of Utah at that time in accordance with the Affordable Care Act of 2010. The Affordable Care Act had broad language for insurance coverage in regards to tobacco cessation. And since that language was so broad, we felt it necessary to find out where insurance companies stood in regards to tobacco cessation coverage in Utah. Um, 
we found that there were gaps in coverage in tobacco cessation coverage for health plan members in Utah. And that led to a concerted effort to address these gaps. So we engaged ourselves in an education effort with these insurance companies throughout the state, especially after the federal government issued a clarifying guidance in 2014 for implementation of preventative care and smoking cessation in the Affordable Care Act. As time went on, we found that these educational efforts could only go so far in correcting the gaps in tobacco cessation coverage for insurance companies. Since the insurance department had enforcement authority, we decided the best way to get the health plans on board with establishing their own tobacco cessation benefits was to have the state insurance commissioner issue a declaration or a bulletin regarding the matter. This was because in spite of our continued education efforts in asking insurance companies on an individual level to expand their coverage, very few were making any change towards bridging the gaps in tobacco services for their customers. In collaboration with uh, coalition partners, we were able to secure a meeting with the Utah Insurance Department Commissioner. Armed with data that had been compiled over the past few years, we made a presentation with the goal to ask the commissioner to issue a bulletin asking insurers whose health benefit plans offer coverage for preventative services subject to the United States Preventative Services Task Force to comply with the, with the tobacco cessation coverage requirements. And before the presentation had even ended, the commissioner himself offered to issue a bulletin and assigned the deputy insurance commissioner to research and write it. And as a result, bulletin 2015-11, requirements for tobacco cessation was issued in 2015. You covered this a little bit previously, but why was it important to have the insurance commissioner issue that bulletin? Yeah, we found that sometimes it's better for recommendations such as this uh, to come from someone outside the realm of government. It was important for the commissioner to issue the bulletin because he had authority for enforcement of health insurance policies in the state of Utah. It was important for us to go straight to the source for compliance for health insurance policy in the state. This turned out to be a great advantage for us because the commissioner made it a point to us that during our next assessment, he would like to know which companies were not in compliance so he could address them personally. So we knew he was serious in making sure that adherence to this bulletin was a priority. It's been a number of years since the bulletin has been issued. And so I'm just curious if there's been any challenges or successes that you've had um, with tobacco cessation coverage in the bulletin and assessment since then. As far as successes, more health insurance plans have come into compliance with the tobacco cessation coverage requirements and are now offering tobacco cessation benefits to their members. Another success is when the bulletin was issued, the University of Utah Health Insurance Plan contacted us and let us know that they were not in compliance but wanted to be. They asked for our help in negotiating a contract with a quitline vendor so they could provide telephonic counseling to their members. We provided assistance and resources to them and wrote a memorandum of agreement stating that they would pay the TPCP for their members' use 
of the quitline services until they could establish their own contract with a quitline vendor. After six years of working with health plans, the TPCP was able to change the service offerings from the Utah Tobacco Quitline. Instead of providing five coaching calls and up to eight weeks of NRT for all Utahns, as of July 1, 2018, only uninsured Medicaid and Medicare callers get those services. Insured Utahns still get one coaching call and two weeks of NRT, but then are referred back to their health plan for further benefits. This has allowed the TPCP to allocate resources to populations who don't have access to certain resources. Uh, in regards to challenges, there were not as many as we had anticipated. The whole process for insurance companies to expand coverage uh, went very smoothly. There was a small concern in regards to working with the commissioner. When he offered to issue the bulletin, we offered our expertise and resources, but we never heard from him again. We found out the bulletin had been issued along with everybody else in the state. Luckily though, the deputy commissioner did a great job and we were happy with the results of the bulletin being developed and issued as it was. Another challenge is when we did another health plan tobacco cessation coverage assessment in 2017, we did so with the understanding to insurance companies that their answers to our survey would be in confidence and not shared. When the results showed there were still insurance companies who were not yet in compliance, the commissioner wanted to know who was out of compliance so as to enforce compliance by his office. We could share the de-identified results. However, we could not share individual health plan coverage with him. Sounds like you've had a lot of great successes and some minor challenges, but overall it's been great. Um, one question I have is what advice would you give to another state tobacco control program that's looking to work with their insurance commissioner to try to get a similar bulletin in their state? That's a great question. Uh, this process took us about three years and we don't wish that time frame on any other state, but much of that was the collection of data and information as well as, as establishing relationships. We would recommend uh, working through established coalitions when approaching a state insurance commissioner. This reinforces the idea that more than one entity in the state is concerned about the issue and brings other voices to the table. We also found that the insurance commissioner paid more attention to voices that did not come from the state health department. Also be prepared with data. Ultimately, it was the data that we presented that urged the state insurance commissioner to offer to issue the bulletin. Thanks so much. What great advice to share. And thank you so much for joining us on oh. today's podcast. Thank you very much as well for the opportunity. Well, we're excited to see what Utah will do next. Thank you. We have lots of store to come. Great. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Tyrone. I want to just share that we have a number of resources on the Lung Association's website that might be helpful if you're looking to pursue either a bulletin or a consumer alert. First, we have a whole toolkit about working with insurance commissioners. On that, we have some great information and resources, including uh, template consumer alerts, as well as template bulletins. So I really encourage you to check that out. Additionally, another thing that Tyrone talked about 
was the importance of assessing tobacco cessation coverage. And the Lung Association also has a suite of materials that can help you assess coverage and figure out how to make it better and kind of show where some of the gaps are. We would encourage you to look at um, our assessment guide as well as our case study on um, assessing coverage in different health insurance plans. Um, again, I hope you learned a lot. Here are three things that I took away from my conversation with Tyrone. First, it's really important that you know where your baseline is and to assess what coverage currently exists in the plans that you're looking at. Secondly, that coalition partners are really important. And then the third thing that I took away from that conversation is by creating this bulletin and encouraging patients to go to their insurance plan to get coverage um, and by implementing some of these changes for their state quit line, the state of Utah has been able to better utilize some of their limited resources to really provide more intense treatment for patients that are either uninsured or underinsured. Again, I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Tyrone and have learned a little bit about what you can do in your state to help improve tobacco cessation coverage. Thank you so much, and we hope to see you next time on the Tobacco Cessation Podcast.